You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Well... Happy St. Patty's Day, Lars. I don't have any green on. You have a green sweatshirt. And let me tell you, this, it was an accident. I mean, I picked it up because it's it's big, it's it's uh, comfortable, and it's warm. And by the way, it is green. Back in the days, elementary school and that kind of stuff, it was important. I remember my mother saying, "Oh no, you don't have any green on." And then what? If you don't have green on, they pinch you. What? What a horrible thing to do to a little kid. Somebody gonna pinch you, Lars? Anyway, I will probably be pinched. Yes. Um, do you uh, sell? Do you actively a- and seek to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? No, neither do I. I'm really that way about Cinco de Mayo. Just uh, it brings out you know, a lot of people that aren't normally yeah, getting up to speed. Know, when it I, brings out the amateurs. When, uh, when I lived in New York, oh, it's, can't a, it's a big deal because yeah. there's a big St. Patty's Day parade. And usually about by noon, this time in New York City, some big dudes are ready to fight. And I want nothing to do with that. You mean like a big, red-headed, bearded guy that fights MMA? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, they're ready to go. Yeah, that's... uh that's when I, I leave mean, it the up bar, to us. The bar's open at like 4 a.m. in New York. Or like maybe they stay open all night. I, I'm not sure, but... Uh, yeah, they're probably coming out in sunlight. Yeah. Um, uh, I've never had a green beer in my life. Have you? I guess you got Yes, I all have. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, enough of the St. Patty stuff for now. Let's talk about what happened yesterday right here in Alabama. Downtown Birmingham at Legacy Arena. Alabama jumped all over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. We expected that. It was nine to nothing literally before you could get comfortable in your seat, which all were full, by the way. Um, and Alabama goes on to win comfortably. I, I thought the Islanders put up their dukes, you know. They shot the threes. They made a nice little run at the beginning of the second half, but they were clearly overmatched. I mean, there's a reason they're a 16 and Alabama's a one. But uh, the Tide walks out. 96.75 winners, but I kept check, checking the app on my phone. Is this right, Brandon Miller? Zero. He only took five shots. He had some rebounds, a couple of nice assists, but then Joe, help me. You're right here. Here's a groin issue that he suffered during the SEC championship game. Apparently, he played all weekend with the uh, with a groin issue. Wow. Well, I mean, it doesn't take a guy, uh, the three of us, to talk about it much. That's painful. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Now, it it could actually be the groin muscle, you know, but normally when people think about the groin, they're thinking about that area, you know, and it's difficult to do anything when you have an injury particularly a significant one. It didn't look one. like he was bothered by it. Me you either. know, he, 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 he's so, everything is so effortless, right? And I used the phrase the other day with you, there's an economy of motion with him uh, that is 
extremely rare. And it's like watching a deer run. I mean, it, it, it's just like, it's perfect, you know, and, and, uh, and, and everything just looks so easy. He makes the, the difficult, uh, he makes some, whatever is a difficult move for 99.999% of the world to him is just, uh, it's like just drinking a glass of water. You know, it's just, he, he, and, and look, they didn't need him yesterday. Um, and, 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 you know, he, he played only 19 minutes, which was a, a season low for him, uh, as Alabama went on, as we said, to, to win 96 75. And, um, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, Coach Oates said that, um, that he, that's, it was post game that Nate Oates said that uh, Brandon is uh, nursing a groin injury that he has, he sustained in the SEC championship game. And, um, but in that game, right, in the SEC championship game, Brandon Miller had 23 points, uh, against Texas A&M, uh, just on, on Sunday. Um, but you know, the extent of the injury for the most part, Matt remains unknown, uh, but it's something worth monitoring. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, certainly when Alabama takes the floor on Saturday for, uh, against, uh, Maryland. And I mentioned yesterday, Maryland's a dangerous team. Maryland's good. Um, that was that was a great game between Maryland and it West was, Virginia. but they knocked me out. They gave me my first loss. I'm not happy with the turtles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you could have picked either one of those teams, and, and you just have to take it because that was a great basketball game, and literally went down to the last second. And, um, it's uh, it's a big win for Maryland. I, I will say this though, and you know, you throw rocks if you want to, but I, I don't think there are any match for Alabama, especially if Brandon Miller is is at full speed. So uh, we will see that game Saturday night, and then Auburn uh, will be playing Houston. A Houston team I saw last night that is very beatable right now, and they suffered a huge loss, Lars. Yeah, they lost uh, their, one of their most important players, that that guard. And yeah, uh, it, yeah it, and it sounds like he's not going to be able to go against Auburn uh, based on what I have been reading. And um, look, Auburn, they have athletes. They don't have the... The, the, the one sort of shining star on the team. Well, like when right? they had Smith and Walker last yeah, year. Yeah, they, I mean, they don't have a Jabari Smith. But, but they, don't, they don't have a Jabari Smith. No. Right? And, 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 and that's rare. And, uh, to, to have that. And, and they don't have a Brandon Miller, obviously. But, um, I think Auburn's capable of pulling off the upset. I really do. Well, Especially, without Marcus Sasser. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't understand why the NCAA committee did this to Houston. Because they're essentially playing a road game. They're playing a road game uh, in the second round of the NCAA tournament as a one seed. It, it's just, it's, I'm just telling you, it's unfair. Houston should not be in this position because you know how loud it's going to be on Saturday, Right. And we've we've talked at length about how um, uh, how home court advantage in basketball is arguably more important than home court advantage uh, in football. And, and there's justification for that. Yeah. Uh, but Houston got hosed. No. You know, the, especially now. You know, 
had they been playing Iowa, <laughs> no big deal. But I think Auburn's fans showed up in <laughs> in mass. Alabama fans did too. And now they're going to do it all again Saturday night. And and they put both those games at night. Now they they put TBD beside all these games. Then they get in their little room and say, who's going to bring us the best primetime? Well, guess who's playing primetime? <laughs> Alabama, Auburn. Well, you could also argue Houston and Maryland. No, that's Alabama, it's Alabama. I mean, Auburn. because yeah. you know this state always like when it comes to football, right? Birmingham is the the, the capital. <laughs> it's when it comes to um, uh, percentage of uh, TVs tuned to an Alabama game or an Auburn game, uh, week in and week out, and it's going to be that same dynamic on Saturday night. They could have the Alabama assistant coaches for football and the Auburn assistant coaches for football play a pickup basketball game and 10,000 would be there and you'd get great numbers in the state of Alabama. Then, um, granted, they're not playing each other, but they're both playing on the same night in the same arena. And that would be the one ticket, right? Good yeah. grief. Uh, I need two if uh, Greg Burns listening. Actually, I need more than that because Lars is going to go. Lars will bring Lincoln. I'll bring my son. Okay, we'll figure this out later. Uh, by the way, I'll, I will note this again. The UAB is playing Sunday afternoon. I think that's very, very cool against Moorhead State. That game, I will be there. Uh, one of the other stories, and, you know, I, there were a lot of the pundits saying Brandon Miller didn't play well yesterday because that cloud was hanging over. Well, you know what? That cloud's been raining on him uh, since February, uh, January. So I'm, I'm not sure I buy into that. Although it is interesting, if he had the groin injury this past Sunday, he still lit him up for 23. Yeah. Okay. Now, Kai Sears is the other story of the New York Times. And, and Lars did a really, really good thing for radio listeners to this show, to Big Noon Sports. And that's at 1230. We're going to step aside and get a different vantage point. Yeah, we're going to talk to Dr. Chris Roberts. At, uh, he's one of my colleagues at the University of Alabama in the journalism department, Department of Journalism and Creative Media. And Chris specializes in journalism ethics. And he literally wrote the SPJ, which stands for Society of Professional Journalists. Uh, there's a, a, a code of ethics and Chris was a contributor to that, and so we are going to talk to him about the uh, about the the New York Times reporting, and uh, in, in the New York Times, as of now, they're standing by the story uh, that, uh, that 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 Spears, uh, the walk on, uh, was present at the time of the shooting, that he was in the car with Brandon Miller. Uh, when uh, two shots uh, were fired at Miller's car and, uh, and, 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 and shattered the window, or I think the front window, sorry, or the, or the back. I, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, I do know that, uh, again, New York Times, as of now, standing by the story. Um, but Spears' family came out swinging. Right. And uh, they've accused the New York Times of irresponsible journalism and that uh, and, and look, the New York Times may have messed with the wrong person because uh, Spears, father, Christian Spears, he's the A.D. at Marshall in West Virginia. And um, he said that uh, they are considering a lawsuit 
and they're exploring all legal options at this time. Uh, they should. And, uh, and the, um, yeah, and, and so the, 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 the reporter, his last name is Wits, uh, he's a sports writer, uh, a longtime sports writer at the New York Times. Um, and he said that, that he and, uh, and the Times were standing by the story, uh, despite these vigorous, vigorous denials by everyone at Alabama and by, uh, the Spears family. Uh, but he has not to be quoted, uh, by Alkiak, Al- uh, Clay Travis's site. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, but then the New York Times did update the story at 5 p.m. yesterday. Only to add denials by well, Alabama, by Spears, by Spears, and dad, and by Spears' attorney. But you know what? The reporter wits, dude, you got to talk to them before you publish. That ask, should have been a ask, part ask of the original, the original story. story. Absolutely. You got to say that Spears oh. denies this. Do you and they think did they do that. I mean, this is, their, this is such shoddy journalism. Do you but, think but I'm going to reserve comment on that and, and, and really let's okay, let Chris, we'll let Chris Dr. Handle, Dr. But Roberts. I have two questions to present to you concerning Sears and then concerning the reporting of this that as a reporter you can answer. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain continues this afternoon, turning colder with temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, mostly cloudy, sharply colder, below at 33. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, and very cool, behind the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Sports, Lawrence, Christian, Matt, Joe is producing our show today. Many thanks to you, Joe. And you precede us on Cuppa. Can we just call it Cuppa? You can call it whatever you want. I'll call it good radio. How about if I call it that? Um, Might be too far. It is so evident. <laughs> what what uh, were your, the topics that you discussed today? What were your listeners interested in? Um, I, I, I always talk about what I'm interested in, Lars. Uh, I was interested in the basketball. I had Blake Byler on from uh, Bama Central and, and Crimson White. Uh, so I had him on for about 20 minutes, and then we talked uh, about all the chaos in the South region, and then we talked about Tony Mitchell, and that was pretty much uh, the extent of it. Yeah, we hadn't hit on Tony Mitchell yet in case uh, you weren't listening in the previous hour. A uh, signee and early enrollee, Tony Mitchell, who played uh, outstanding football at Thompson High School, arrested for possession of marijuana, handgun, and cash down in Bonifay, Florida, which is right on the Alabama-Florida line, on your way to the beach. Uh, or on your way back, as I was on Sunday. All right, uh, Christian, uh, just give, I want to ask uh, a couple more questions concerning this Kai Sears story. But first of all, just your thoughts on uh, Alabama winning without Brandon Miller scoring a single point. Well, I think, you know, we've seen, um, the, you know, the capabilities of this team without him. There's been times where 
um, you know, he hasn't necessarily produced the way we expect him to in, in the team, which just finds a way um, to still be efficient and, and to get things done. And that's what we saw. Uh, and I think that just goes to show you that, you know, this is a team uh, that you definitely uh, don't want to play because their best player can be held scoreless and they still can beat you um, tremendously. Granted, obviously, you know, they, they're probably playing a lesser opponent, but still we've seen in the, you know, in the regular season that, and without Brandon Miller, they're still able to be highly effective on offense. They still play great defense. So I think that just goes to show you that this Alabama team is a very dangerous team. i tell you what, uh, and they brought it out on the CBS broadcast, which, by the way, I think they did a really, really nice job. Did you notice where they put Wimp on press row? Right behind Nance. Isn't that, that right? That was my seat. That was your seat? Oh. That was my seat. <laughs> they, you're telling me that they had favoritism sort of. Towards the mugshot of Wimp over yours? Oh no no no! Wimp Wimp, uh, Wimp gave me his ticket, and he and he asked to sit in the in the in the, in the Tide 109 seat. I said sure. Uh, and then he was like messing around with Grant, and uh, they were putting and something. He didn't realize it was on television. Anyway, it was quite funny. And uh, every time they cut to side court with the announcers, there was Wimp. But Lawrence, I wanted to ask you about this. Sears, this is Kai. Okay. His father is the AD at We Are Marshall. Mm-hmm. Do you think the New York Times even did enough background check to think and look to find that out and go, man, maybe I ought to get that second source? Yeah, um, it, it appears that it was very rushed. And that, you know what happens uh, when you get in a hurry? You make mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my other question, and I, we just grazed on this yesterday. And the more I think about it, and the more rushed and the lack of sources, is there a chance that New York Times just got duped? Like somebody set them up. Yeah. Like somebody said, hey, I'm a sheriff's deputy from so-and-so, and they were so rushed. Well, that's, they why, just... that's why you don't go with a single source, a single anonymous source. Never, 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 never. never. I mean, it could have been the guys holding the umbrella at the intersection when we were coming through here that just managed to get a phone number for the New York Times and call these people up. Am I just yeah, am I just kind of out there with that thought? Well, the problem, though, is after they write that article, then there's all these responding articles of according to... The and New then York it Times. just spreads like wildfires. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then what happens is <laughs> they put themselves in a bad position too, because you know the Alabama, you know, writers are, are writing it too, saying sources say or you know, yeah. and then it's like just spreading. I'm like, see, yeah, and 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 a lot of the AL.com writers I saw were taking a lot of flack uh, over social media because they had simply stated what was already being reported. Right, and in 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 the eyes of in the eyes of the fans, it's like they're, they're as killing cul- the they're, they're as culpable as as the New York Times when in fact they're not. I mean, they're just uh, but could it couldn't? But they're in Alabama. Could they not reach out to some somebody here in the whether it's the the you know the the legal system here? Could they not reach out to the, the sheriff's department? Whoever they need to reach out to here and do their own due diligence. Say, hey, we just read a report from the New York Times. Do you want to comment? Is there anything like that? Uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm not putting all the blame on them, but I'm just just. I, I read. I think it was a Chase Goodbread had wrote, and he was saying you can keep, like people. He was trying to defend the media because a lot of people are mad at the media, and he, he he also was you know holding the media accountable at the same time. But I'm like, you have to understand what people are saying was, and this is more so about the Brandon Miller thing. Okay, but what they were getting at was, I think people were just 
to the point where they're like, the, the issue is when you spread false narratives or inaccurate narratives, that's the problem. It's not that you're writing about it, like you're doing your job, but when you're spreading these false narratives, you're painting a picture. Like the power is in the pen, so what you're writing has power. That's the problem with the media. Nobody's saying, oh, it's the media. They're all wrong. But when you spread those narratives that are inaccurate, things like this can happen. Well, but if you're going to respond to it and you're going to do your own due diligence and you're going to get the University of Alabama, which issued a very strong statement yesterday. Good. In order to do the story, you're going to have to mention where it, where it uh, originated. Yeah, I was really struck by how vigorous the denials were. Way to go, way to go, Greg Byrne. Yeah, I mean, uh, Greg Byrne and and uh, and 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 the Spears family and Christian, uh, his dad, Christian Spears. Again, like this guy has had a lot of experience in dealing with the media. He's the athletic director at Marshall. And if you are going to say something about his son that is inaccurate, this dude has the power to come after you. And he should. I would <laughs> do the same thing. I would, I'd come after everybody. I mean, can I sue him just for making me angry? <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about Matt. Like if somebody came after your son, Matt. Or somebody came after my son Lincoln. Well, there, there would be there would be an official statement. Well, I'll, tell you, behind I, the well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about Corey Miller. Well, <laughs> they, well, I was about to say when when Tim started talking a little reckless on here when I asked a simple question, my dad's first thing my dad called you and said, "Why are you let him talk to you like that?" Yeah, my dad don't play that. That's why I told you I had to yeah. get off. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's dad. That's yeah. No, that's dad, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, if my dad was like that, just because the guy's tone on a radio show, I'd have, I can only imagine how my dad would feel. If some idiot on for the New York Times wrote something about me, and <laughs> and you're being nice when you just call him an idiot. I, I think this guy's gone. I, I think he his journalistic be. career, he just exploded it. But let me well, ask we you still something. Don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, the truth will eventually what come do we, out. What do we know, Lars? The the guy who is the subject is saying, like, this is 100% inaccurate. What else is there to know? I mean, you say the basketball university. guy could be lying? Um, All I'm saying is this is going to be adjudicated in court, in a court uh, law. But here's the deal. I, I think Alabama, and there will be people that don't but necessarily agree with But the reporter, it should be noted, the reporter, uh, whose last name is Wits, What's the first name? Put him out there. Air him uh, out. Uh, Wits. As of right now, he's standing by the story. What is he standing by? The guy he wrote about said, Lars, Lars. That's like me telling you. I was telling people Lars was in Tuscaloosa yesterday. Billy well, Wits. From my knowledge, you weren't here. Billy, Billy, Billy Wits is the name of the reporter. Yeah. Um, no, they're, stand, they're, they're standing by it. I mean, but of course the Times is going to stand by it. Because if you don't stand by it, you're, you're really opening yourself up. But, but because because the die has been cast, right? If you're the New York Times. like An apology, yes, if you want to try to do everything in your power to avoid a lawsuit, issue a retraction. But the is Times... Is too late? I think it is. The, the damage has been if done. That's what I mean by the damage being done. The damage has been done. The damage has been done. And it takes a lot for a publication like the New York Times or like a Sports Illustrated back in the day to actually come out and say, oops, 
We made a mistake. But no, they just throw the writer under the bus because he's the one that made the mistake. Like, so why in that it's, but it's, it's real. It's the whole process. What are you? I don't but understand. It, no, but it's, it's, it's not just the writer. It's the editor, and it's the policies of the paper. I mean, it's it's much bigger than just the writer. No, right? I, I and I understand that, but I'm saying it. But if I'm head at the New York Times, I'm saving my own tail, and I'm saying, look, you're throwing everybody out. Well, I'm saying who else, whoever oversaw it, whoever proofread it, or whatever, let him put it out. Like because again, we're talking about accountability. That's what it boils down to. You know, so, we need to ask Dr. Chris Roberts. He's coming up on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. day in Alabama and chilly too just uh, not very March like it is March Madness though and we're talking a lot about that on Big Noon Sports I'm Matt Coulter along with Christian Miller and Lars Anderson our next guest is a good friend of mine and colleague Dr. Chris Roberts at the University of Alabama uh, Chris has uh, he actually he wrote the textbook that I have used in my class uh, when I've taught media ethics. It's oh, I see. I doing see ethics in media, theories and practical applications. And uh, Chris also has uh, contributed to uh, literally writing the SPJ Code of Ethics, and that is the Society of Professional Journalists. Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing just fine. Rainy in Tuscaloosa, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, okay. So we want to get you on to discuss the New York Times story and, um, and just what is, you know, your analysis of what's happened. We, we spent the previous segment kind of setting it up, and I know you're familiar with the story. Uh, uh, the New York Times uh, writer uh, came out and said that uh, Spears, the player, the walk-on at Alabama, was in the car with Brandon Miller at the time of the shooting. And uh, in, in Spears and his father, who is the athletic director at Marshall and the University of Alabama, have all vigorously denied this. 
Now, um, there's a lot to dig into here, but what what are your first thoughts about uh, the, the the reporting by the Times and and the just everything that's going on? First of all, I will say I'm not an expert on this case. Second of all, as a former journalist, I have seen Bear Bryant in his underpants going back to a 1980s football game. I'm, oh, I'm old school sports writer. Oh, yeah. My first question is, if he wasn't there, where was he? They have not said yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which car? I, I read that in the article the other day, and it, it looked like he was in one car and then another. And by the way, I don't think he was in either one of them. It's probably someone else. Yeah. But what? The story has some serious, some, some flags are waving about this story. But I would like to know, where, where was he? They said he wasn't there. Where was he? That's just the, the folks could solve this pretty quickly with, with one answer. And Okay, and then he, uh, the, the Times, I, I found this rather extraordinary. Um, at the end of the story, uh, and I hadn't seen them ever do this before, there was a note from the Times that says, what we consider before using anonymous sources, do the sources know the information? What's their motivation for telling us? Have they proved reliable in the past? Can we corroborate the information? Even with these questions satisfied, the Times uses anonymous sources as a last resort. The reporter and at least one editor know the identity of the source, not sources, source. So this is a single source, single anonymous source. Yeah. As far as we know. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're essentially saying that uh, in, in the, the, the Times is essentially confessing that there's a, just a single anonymous source. Yes, I'm troubled by that as well. I know that there have been some other journalists in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I think you may have had Ryan Phillips from Patch on your show before who had mentioned that there had been talk about this, but he didn't have enough to nail it yet. I saw that on his social media the last couple of days after this story came out. So it's not like other people didn't think this. It's the New York Times was the first to report it. And whether they're right or not, I don't know. Okay, but then let's go back just to the ethics of it. If you were the editor of uh, at, at the Times and your reporter brings you this information single source, won't go on the record, or won't put his name on the record or her name on the record, do you publish? You know, there is a routine that the New York Times and all and all legitimate news organizations do to confirm that the information is solid. I mean, this is the New York Times putting its reputation against the rest of the world, and you either have to trust them or not. And the process of who is, you know, somebody has to know who it is and the editor has to know who it is and the reporter has to persuade the editor and people above that editor that this source is accurate, has information that's verifiable and that there's a reason to leave this person to provide confidentiality to that person. So the story explains why confidentiality was, confidentiality was granted. Uh, and at that point, the New York Times has to trust the reporter and trust that source and uh that's scary in any situation 
I think even more so in the case that I, I don't know this reporter, never met him, don't know how he would know people. I, in, in my career as a journalist and in dealing with, with anonymous sources, I had to know who that person was and had, and had to have generally dealt with that person before. So with somebody yanking the New York Times chain and providing evidence, I don't know. But all we can do is either trust the New York Times or not that this information is accurate. And um, that's tough. Dr. Chris Roberts is our guest on Big Noon Sports. The New York Times is uh, not the only news organization with a really, really great reputation. It has been, I guess, but that has gone with stories with one unnamed source. It seems to be a lot more common than it was when you were at Anniston, when I was at 13. Um, how is it, deca- how is it decayed like this? Are you not, are we not teaching them right or what? Well, we teach them not to use anonymous sources unless there's an absolutely reason to not do it. And then going to the SPJ's code of ethics, you know, you have to identify the source. If you're going to provide confidentiality and anonymity, you've got to you got to understand their motives for it, and then be sure that you've reached out to the people who can uh, who can provide information. You know, you reach out to the to the to the families and to the university and to others, which this reporter did. Uh, it doesn't necessarily say that you have to have two anonymous sources. You certainly want another person who can check behind this stuff and get independent sourcing. And again, I've heard some in, in the community reporters who've said that they, they've heard from independent people doesn't mean that they know because two people talk to each other. But I don't know if this is, in, it, you know, it's not, I don't think 70 years ago you had to have two anonymous sources, if that's what you're saying, Matt. Yeah, the, the, the bare minimum threshold at Sports Illustrated for the 20 years I was there is that you had to have two sources. I mean, we just wouldn't run yeah. with it unless there was Preferably were... one named. Preferably right. one yeah. named. Yeah. Yes. Um, Chris, a, a, another question is, um, is Kai Spears a freshman walk-on who has not played at all this season? Is he a public figure? And can you explain to our listeners why that is important, the distinction between a public figure and a private citizen? That goes back to the New York Times and another piece of Alabama. In the 1960s, the New York Times was sued in Alabama in a case called New York Times versus Sullivan, in which uh, L.B. Sullivan, the police commissioner Montgomery, was not named in an ad, not a story, but an ad, and there were some factual errors in that in that ad. He sued the New York Times and won in Alabama court, $300,000. Went to the Supreme Court, which in 1965 ruled unanimously that news organizations need some space to make mistakes when they are talking about things that are of public interest and importance. And so the New York Times Sullivan Standard was created. And there are public figures, people who are the president and Madonna and guys on sports talk radio, others who are public figures. And so a journalist can be sued by these people, but there's a very high standard. It takes a lot for a public figure to win a libel lawsuit. For a private figure, if you say something about my mother having herpes, for example, and all she has to do is prove that you were wrong, you know, and she was identified. So the question you're asking is, is Kai a public or a private figure? And the answer is 
a jury determines that. Um, you can be a public or a private. He may well be what they call a vortex public figure, where you are a public figure when it comes to Alabama athletics, but private in other things of your life. And each case is different. Each case has strict scrutiny. And you just can't say in this case which way a judge or a jury would rule. How's that for a non-answer, guys? No, that's, that was really no, good. There, there was, uh, no, there was uh, good facts in there. Um, unfortunately, and I think Lars knows this, you know, um, when it gets to that, if you're a public figure, then you have to prove malice and actual damages. And it, Dr. Roberts, isn't that where it really gets difficult? Well, I think uh, it, it, assuming in this case that, that Kai would be a public figure, he would have to prove that the story that there was there was there was malice or they just didn't care. And I don't think the reporter I mean, in the case of the story, you see where the reporter reached out and spoke to him, spoke to tried to speak to the university and did the work that you do to show that you're trying to get more information. No one really would comment for this. So he's kind of left out there on his own. And, uh, you know, as a journalist, just because people won't talk to you, people in power won't talk to you, doesn't mean you don't do a story. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I don't think there, you know, I, I don't think there is, as a public figure, it would, be a, it would be difficult to win this case, it seems to me. Now, I'm not a lawyer, never even played one on television, but... The story itself shows that the reporter went through the steps trying to get additional information before publishing. And just based on everything you have read, including the, the fact that um, uh, Kai's dad, Christian, is the uh, the athletic director at Marshall, and he already said that they're looking into um, uh, hiring a lawyer and or I think they have a lawyer already and and looking into the possibility of, of filing a suit and uh and just the terminology uh that's being used in these different statements like a reckless disregard for the truth. Uh does it feel to you that, it, that this is going to be heading toward litigation? I have no idea. I know that uh, the reporter reached out to uh, the, the athletic director before the story was published, which again shows that there was not malice or not caring about whether it was true or not. He didn't get a comment. Uh, Alabama law, assuming this case is in Alabama, when you are when you threaten a libel lawsuit, you typically write a lawyer letter saying you have five days to retract this. And if a and, and if the news organization retracts the information, then there is no uh, punitive damages. Oh, can, yeah. So, so if if the official if the official letter shows up, the Times is on the clock to, to say either to stand by the story or to say we messed up. And if that's the case that that they do retract it, there's not punitive damages. There can be compensatory damages and damages that. That, that he can show that, that really affects his finances, but you can't punish the time if they back off. Again, one more time. If you were the editor at the Times and the reporter comes to you with this story, single anonymous source, do you publish? Man. <laughs> you dumped it. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have enough information to answer that. I'm sorry, Lars. 
Wow. I know. You're right. There's yeah. a, there's a ton more that you need to know, right? Yeah. You need to know exactly yeah. who the source yeah. is. Um, well, for this, for us journalism geeks, this will be very interesting to follow. Uh, as we go to break, thank you, Dr. Roberts. The one thing you asked initially that is just of vital importance, where was he? All you got to do is just say, hey, he was over at such and such. He was over at somebody's house, you know, having also, breakfast. But it also, it, see, we messed up, Matt, because Chris I mean, did lead with... He saw Bear Bryant in his underwear. Yeah. So where, where did where did you see Bear Bryant in his underwear? I don't even want to know the answer <laughs> to that. It was uh, 1982, I think it was, at an Alabama at Georgia Tech game in September. It was really, really, really hot that hot September afternoon, and I walked into the into the locker room back in the days when you could actually interview report interview anybody you wanted to in the locker room. I walk in, a college, you know, high school senior, turn right and think, wow, there's a guy in his underpants. Hey, that's Bear Bryant. Hey, he wears boxers. <laughs> so he's a boxer guy, not briefs. Wow. Okay, good to he, know. He was what, a boxer man, yeah. What outstanding report. Where else can you find that information? Other than big gun sports, I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Roberts, thank you. Good talking to you. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure, guys. Thank Wow. Great segment. It was a great segment. I hope people carry away more than Coach Brian in his underwear. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days. But check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. here treating patients from every generation across the united states and from around the world we're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves we are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer we're here for the coaches athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends we are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain continues this afternoon, turning colder with temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, mostly cloudy, sharply colder, below at 33. And tomorrow
tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, and very cool. Behind the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Every once in a while, no, more often than not, I just want to go, could we put this in the corner and just play basketball? Just watch Wimp give golf lessons on national TV. Watch Brandon Miller not score. And because it's just such a great, by the way, I got to tell you guys, bracket 13 and three, including the upset call for Furman. Pretty proud Let's of talk that. about that Furman game. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> Christian. Worst pass. Was that the worst pass in the history of passes? <laughs> you know, uh, um, from my eyes, yes, but I, I don't have the most basketball experience or knowledge, so I, I don't want to. Well, did it look goofy to you? Well, it, it, a stranger. This is what it looked like to me. He was in a flurry. I mean, again, they're, they're playing in the tournament. All the lights are on them. There's, there's big stakes. You know, the time's running now. They just got to play keep away almost. And to me, he made a rash decision, you know, in the spur of the moment. And I get it. You know, for everybody that's watching it, it's like, what are you doing? But I, again, as an athlete, I just put myself in his shoes. I'm like, man, I feel bad for him. The guy really was just kind of flustered and thought, oh, my teammate's down at the other end. You know, let me just get it to him. The time will run out. I mean, after uh, the game, after the game I don't know if you guys saw this, but after the game, Furman's best player, Jalen Slauson, who's the uh, Southern Conference Player of the Year, he was just in disbelief walking to the locker room, and he's yelling, he just freaking threw it. He just freaking threw it. Like, he couldn't even believe it. Right, I mean, just a look of utter befuddlement on his face. Well, see, I didn't pay attention to like the other factors. So, like, could he have just held the ball and they could have fouled him, or like, did he have? Well, I would have done. Now, yeah. not that I so played that competitively, but if you worded that way, cover up. Yeah, if you worded and, that and, way, and, then and, that was pointless. The deal. I didn't know if he had to get they, rid of it. And, or something. and Virginia had a timeout. They had a timeout. Oh, and so, I, I, I so thought they got, were both out. Got, yeah, see, got, I didn't know so these he, things. So, uh, Khalil Clark. Uh, or Kei Clark, uh, he was trapped right by two Furman defenders on the uh, on the baseline underneath Furman's basket, or just to the right of it, as you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of calling that last time out, the senior guard for Virginia just wow. blindly heaved the ball down the court in an effort to apparently eat clock. Yeah. Right. But then Furman's uh, uh, Garrett Hine, he corralled a loose ball near midcourt. He, he throws a pass to a teammate who drills a three-pointer with uh, on the right wing. Uh, two point two seconds with <laughs> two point two seconds to go. Furman was down two. Suddenly they're up one, and that will probably be the most improbable victory of this entire NCAA tournament. What about Princeton? <laughs> That was a that was a fifteen beating a two, which happens almost every year. Actually, I heard or read a survey that a fifteen beating a two in the NCAA tournament happens one point one time per tournament. 
Wow. So you got to yeah. pick. You got to pick a fifteen somewhere along the line. I didn't pick Princeton. Did y'all? No. I don't think I chose either. You hate Princeton because you're a Columbia man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next hour, Mike Rodak talking Bama basketball. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Rain continues this afternoon, turning colder with temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, mostly cloudy, sharply colder, below at 33. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, and very cool, behind the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. WTUG HD2 North Fort and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Welcome to the program. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Big round of applause. The golf clap for Joe. Why, why is that? Well, why did patrons, the gallery, why do they do that? Instead of just doing like they do on the 16th at Phoenix and just go in an absolute drunken uproar. All right. That question really isn't important. It just kind of flew off. Let's talk basketball. Last night, yesterday afternoon, actually, Alabama defeated Texas A&M Corpus Christi. The Islanders by a score of 96-75. to Brandon Miller went scoreless. Auburn, meanwhile, stepped up, beat a very pesky physical Iowa Hawkeyes team by a score of 83-75. to And then there were all the other brackets. And then there are games going on right now. Michigan State, and the one we're watching here, is leading USC 66-51. to uh, the Spartans are a seven seed. The Trojans are a ten. So, that being said, we're going to talk some basketball. And we're going to take some phone calls. And you can dial us up right now at 205-342-9904. And you can also listen through our uh, website at BigNoonSports.com. And follow us on Twitter at Big Noon Sports. Right now, we are going to go to. Uh, right, you're going to you're going to operate that for me. We are all in the same studio, I think, for the first time in six months. Yes, so, which is good. It's good to see your smiling faces. By the way, I do know the history of the golf club. We'll, we'll uh, get into I want to take later. Steve. You do? Uh, yeah. Okay, I want to know. Uh, Steve's in Tuscaloosa, joining us on our affiliate Tide 100.9. How how you doing? How you doing, guys? Great. Matt, I got to tell you, it's it's been a while. Um, You have to forgive me. I've been shopping for a long box, and I finally found one. (laughs) Yeah, to get you up at (laughs) ten fifty. Yeah, you know the one I had just just played right out, and I you know I can't live like that. I got to have a workable long box. Listen, all I wanted to tell you was um, a couple weeks ago when you when you uh, had Tom Bank on. That was that was very cool. Um, <clears throat> the, the St. Louis Cardinals, no, no, Phoenix, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Is that what they were? Yeah. yeah. They were, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, people in this area, well, not people, I can only speak for myself, was, uh, you know, was was a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. And they gave the Cowboys all kind of fit. And I, I, I remember hating the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, Dan, you know, Dan Deardorff, uh, Terry, uh, Terry, uh, Terry Metcalf, Metcalf, yeah. 
Jim Hart. You know, they were they were just they were the thorn in the Cowboys' side. Um, but and, and I remember thinking Terry, Terry Metcalf might very well be the best uh, running back I ever saw until I until I ran into Barry Sanders and that ended all that. But I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed that interview. Really? That was. That, that that Tom Bake seems like a fine fellow. Oh, he is and, so uh, good. Well, he he just he just made for a great interview, and I, and and that's really all I wanted to tell you. It's been it's been a couple of weeks, but to this day, I don't know that you've had a better interview. Well, I think that comes first and foremost because of of him, what kind of person he is. I still maintain he has the greatest laugh in the history of entertainment. It's hysterical. I used to go visit him at a little pub, and we would sit there, and he would tell me stories for hours. And one of these oh, days, man. I'll get him back on and let him tell you about the drive against the Dallas Cowboys, which I'll call <laughs> you and let you listen because it's a fascinating well, story. <laughs> uh, Steve, well, thanks for your time. Did. Yep. Uh, I appreciate All it, right. Matt. Good luck on the alarm clock. <laughs> See, for those that don't know, Steve's the one that calls in and says he doesn't get up until 11.50, and that's just to listen to the show. Yes. You, you need uh, that kind of person. Uh, he is our, our number one guy. Top dog. Geez. Yeah. Right. The golf clap. The golf clap. It, uh, it goes all the way back to 1783. Right in uh, in Aberdeen, Scotland, and uh, you know the game was created in Scotland, and uh, the Aberdeen Code of 1783 uh, decreed that quote while a stroke is playing, no one of the party shall walk about, make any motion, or attempt to take off the player's attention by speaking or otherwise. So that was the first call for quiet in golf. <laughs> right, and then the uh, the game starts to spread. It comes to the United States, and in 1895, the virtue of silence was at the very top of when the U.S. Uh, GA put down its very first set of rules, and it said the following customs belong to the established etiquette of golf and should be observed by all golfers: one, no player, caddy, or onlooker should move or talk during a stroke. And then went on to say, on the occasion of friendly matches between neighboring clubs, great care ought always to be taken to prevent ignorant onlookers from <laughs> inopportunity, inopportunely moving about or speaking to the players. And then it went on to the golf clap. Generally, a clap seems to be one of the least intrusive methods of recognizing a good shot. So it makes sense that light applause would be encouraged over shouting, cheering, or sudden movements. Instead of that guy that always yells. He did it all! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Baba Booey. Uh, yeah, what, yeah, what is the, when Tiger would always tee off? It would be. Uh, oh. You know, no, no, it would be, uh, yeah, it's in the hole, I think. Yeah, uh, and that would be on a par five. Yeah, from the tee box. <laughs> or no, you know, get in the hole. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I still think you hear this, and it's more likely to happen in the South. But you'll hear a roll, roll tide with Justin Thomas. Oh yeah, um, and they're noticeable and loud. 
And it's not like he walks okay. over there and uh, autographs a ball for him. But he occasionally will acknowledge. So one time Jay and I were talking about um, the craziest place you've heard of Roll Tide. And for me, I was on the Great Wall of China, and I freaking heard a Roll Tide. <laughs> it, was, it was way, like, in the in the background. But I was on top of the wall walking. No way. Yeah, and I wasn't even living in Alabama at the time. I was living in New York. This was before you moved here. Yeah, yeah. I just heard a random roll tide on the Great Wall so of you, China. So obviously you didn't encourage it. Because no, no, I wasn't. You can yell a roll tide just about any place on this planet. I think it was two Alabama people, and one of them saw that they're wearing Alabama gear on the Great I, Wall I of China. I think it's a pretty how, large how coincidence. How about you? To just, you know, uh, I don't know. Christian, uh, yeah, golf right. clap for you. Where's... Uh, Crazy I mean, you were in national championship games. You ever been in a, uh, I guess, a different setting and heard a roll tie? Or even uh, seen a roll tie shirt? Well, I mean, yeah. the only times I've really traveled way out, like when I went to Mexico, it was through like the Crimson Tide cruise. Yeah, so. so, I mean, obviously we're going to hear roll tides because we're on a cruise full of Alabama fans. And it was a group of former Alabama players. Um, so they're seeing all the Alabama did you, stuff. Did you enjoy that cruise? Absolutely. That was one of the most fun vacations. Really? Ever. Yeah, we went to college. I've heard some players not enjoy it all that much. Why? Because they pay you could, to go on a cruise. Uh, How could you not enjoy that? I got paid to go uh, to Mexico. Just Everything like included. A, a, and, and, the lack and, of privacy, maybe. You know what's funny? I was kind of, I mean, y'all can tell, but I'm a very private person. I was a little worried about that. I'll be honest. The fans were amazing. They didn't bother us. Like, like, and I think they probably, you know, kind of went over with them. Like, hey, like, obviously in settings, like when it's like big events and stuff, yeah, like interact with the guys. Like, that's, that's what we're there for. But like, if you see them with their families, cause we were, you know, we were permitted to bring our families with us. Awesome. So, yeah. And so obviously they were very respectful of that. Like yeah. if we were, if we weren't in like uh-huh. a, an event or a big setting like that and we were like, you know, on, on an excursion or we were eating with a, they I mean they might just wave or not like but so respectful didn't bother because they knew there was times when like they could come ask for autographs it, there was plenty of opportunities for that and everybody was very respectful of that and and I'll say I don't know if they still, it COVID happened and then they kind of put it on hold but if if it's back up and running I highly recommend you go on it you I mean, would do it again absolutely I mean, you it, it was so much your fun. family like your yeah, yeah. kids yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt could be your dad and no, that could be grandpa, and I'll be uncle. Hey, you uncle. know, yeah, uncle, I can't uncle Lars. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Right here, Lars. Here you go. Glad we're not YouTubing. Uh, granddads. Yeah, so uh, much fun, though, guys. Really. Uh, it, <laughs> really is so much fun. You know why? And, and I'm pretty strong uh, about this thought. Because Alabama fans get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they understand, and yeah. they respect what mm-hmm. you did on the field, what you did for them. Mm-hmm. And by golly, if you're over there eating with your mom, they'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. And another big part of that is the fact that uh, we're south of the Mason-Dixon line. That's what Southerners do. You want to hear something funny about it, though? I want to hear all about it. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> it's funny enough. It was around February, so a lot of guys that went brought their girlfriends. You know, it was like you know, kind of like a Valentine's Day timing thing. Well, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Probably, probably half the guys that went on the cruise with girlfriends ended up breaking up. Uh, they, they, they died. The, the relationships did yeah. not last. Uh, and, and did not they like end right up with not, new girlfriends. Well, here's the thing. It, was, it wasn't like right after the cruise everybody got, you know, split up. During? But no, yeah. no. It was just like, if you look back on it, like six months later, 
like a lot of us were not in, in those relationships anymore. And we, we kind of, we all, I remember we all kind of were like, Damn, what did that cruise do to our relationship? It's, it's a relationship test. It opened up a larger sea. No, 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 no offense to our fans, but no, I mean, there's a bunch of families and stuff on this cruise. So, okay. they're, they're, I'm sure our fans are beautiful and whatnot, but it, it wasn't one of those crews, man. I know it's, it was, it was very family oriented. I can see where you're going, but it but wasn't did you even. get off the ship. Even when we were, I'll be honest, Cosimo and, and Yucatan, where we went, beaches, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like it, everything was so, you know, okay. tourist uh, designed that yeah. it was just, yeah, it, it wasn't that. It, you would think that, Matt, it wasn't that. For whatever reason, I think it just caused some friction. Yeah. But I the mean, crazy I, is great. You're, 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 you're living together for the first time yeah. in like maybe, maybe the first time in a very tight space. You know what I think it was too though? I mean, in, in a setting like that, it's a very honeymoon-esque feel, right? Like everything, you're oh, on the ocean. And I think it just, it, it, it either makes or breaks you because I think it starts altering people's expectations because they, they see that and it's like, they're ready for the, 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 you know, I think some of us were just like, oh man, that's right. okay, so, ready uh, for a ring. Did anybody, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did anybody on that cruise end up getting married? Oh, uh, uh, one of the fans proposed. Oh, that, one of the, that's yeah, cool. there was like a planned proposal by a fan. It was really cool, but it was, man, we played like Jeopardy with the, with the, uh, everybody on the cruise. We, we did all sorts of like fun, uh, activities and I, I, I lost a lot of money gambling. Oh, not a lot of money. I lost a couple thousand dollars. To me, that's a lot of money, but yeah. It's a whole lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Lost a couple thousand dollars gambling, but, uh, other than that, like I said, the cruise was great. Highly recommend it. What'd cool. you gamble? Did you play, uh, like uh, it was no, it, the guys that play blackjack always win. You, th- th- this That's is my I biggest did. mistake. I played blackjack. I played roulette. Ah, oh. Christian. Listen, I'm. That's I'm like the, there's the, ways the, you can the, bet that's that like and the win. Worst odds. No, you. you I, don't, I don't think we have no time. But uh, uh, I got. came up <laughs> with a, a little strategy that I thought worked because the first night I won, I won like 500 bucks with this new strategy, and the strategy was just bet on a color or you know odd or even, and just keep doubling it until you win. It worked the first night. Uh, well, second day, <laughs> I lost that. All Amazon. your money. <laughs> <laughs> At what point? Yeah, yeah. You keep losing, and you're just well, like, you know where I messed up. I didn't realize there's a limit on how much you can bet, and that's where I got oh, screwed. Uh, yeah, Dude, there's a limit. Yeah, yeah. And then once so I realized, get what you lost back. That's right. I see. Yeah. Hey, let's talk some Bama basketball <laughs> on the other side of the break with AL.com's Mike Rodak. Covering SEC sports like kids do on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain continues this afternoon, turning colder with temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, mostly cloudy, sharply colder, below at 33. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, and very cool, behind the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I promise. 
we are going to jump back on the cruise ship here at the bottom of the hour. I mean, it, it sparked more conversation in the studio. Now people are calling in asking about it. So we'll get to those calls, and, and Christian will give you more of a first-hand report of what goes on with these cruises, which actually just sounds fun. I've never been on one yet either. It, it right? sounds more fun than whale watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, no, you I can do both. You joke. can go yeah, on the cruise and yesterday. you can whale. You can do your whale watch. It's perfect for you. You can whale watch <laughs> on the cruise. There you go. And, and while playing putt putt. And it sounds great. Yeah. Playing putt Yeah, putt. they got that too. Uh, Mike Rodak from AL.com probably doesn't want to enter this conversation, uh, but we'll ask him to join us anyway. Of course, covers the University of Alabama and that includes basketball here last night, actually yesterday afternoon. Mike, it's the gang here. I'm going to jump right into a question because you followed as closely as anyone. At what point did we find out that Brandon Miller had a groin injury? Uh, it was last Monday, this past Monday, four days ago, where you know Oates does his um, his radio show every Monday night and kind of mentioned it in passing where you know Brandon was playing with a groin injury, I think is, is basically what he said. It kind of shows how tough he was. Um, and that was really the extent of the quote. And it sounds like it happened either during the game Sunday against A&M or before the game maybe. Um, and, you know, he played through it. It's not like it, it seemed to be anything that truly bothered him. Even, like, today we've kind of been talking among ourselves, like, can any of you guys notice? Like, did it seem like he's running wrong or limping or anything? It doesn't really seem that way. Um, but, you know, it's probably at least affecting him a little bit, and that's kind of what Nate said after the game yesterday where he only played 19 minutes. And, you know, Brandon actually pushed back against that in the locker room. Uh, Brandon kind of said, you know, I seemed like he could have played more. I don't think Brandon was totally – um, saying that he didn't play much in the second half because of the injury. Um, but I'm sure if they need him to play a bunch of minutes against Maryland tomorrow, I think he'll be okay to do that. Yeah, he, he to me it looked like he was running just fine. Um, but do you think is there a correlation between the injury uh, and zero points? And also, I mean, this is what you know people are writing about across the country. It's uh, it is it, is finally the the weight of everything off the court getting heavy for him. Uh, I think as far as the the injury at the points, I think probably to some degree, um, you know, it might affect his shot or affect. It didn't seem like maybe he was driving the ball quite as much. Um, he was over three from three. I think it also plays into if you're being limited minutes wise, there's going to be less time on the floor to score points. I think if he had played 25 or 30 minutes, he probably would have scored points. And then, you know, just the, the way the game went, too. You know, a 20-point lead most of the time. You don't really need to play him. So it all kind of bakes into it. I don't know if it's, you know, completely, um, you know, black and white sort of answer. But as far as, you know, how much the situation affects him, I don't think so just because, you know, there's been a lot of games since it came out and he's been – unaffected by it um you know the first game after obviously the south carolina game it didn't seem like it affected him at all you know cumulatively does the weight like you said kind of weigh on him possibly i I just don't sense it with him um i don't think that's he doesn't seem to be built that way it seems like he's he's taking it fine from a, a mental standpoint it very well could have been just physical did anybody shock you yesterday that had a big game that you weren't expecting to uh, not maybe not shocked, but I you know I think for Noah Clowney to go, I think he started three of four from three. Um, a guy who, you know, has definitely struggled from three this year. It's 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 been there's been a few good games here and there, but not a guy who's 
you know, you expect to go three to four to start a game from three, and that helped them. Uh, and Mark Steers, for that matter. I mean, Mark Steers has been in the slump, too, and combined they went six of eight uh, in the first half from three, and that really kind of, I don't know if they put the game away, but with Brandon not scoring any points and, you know, Corpus Christi was doing enough just to kind of hang around. It wasn't a total blowout. I mean, they played them tighter than I think some SEC teams did this year. Um, those made threes in the first half, starting eight of 11, made a, a huge difference and then kind of allowed them to go to their bench in the second half. And, you know, the way Nick Pringle played, I don't know if that surprised me, but, you know, he comes out and has a lot of energy and kind of can bounce around and get to the rim. And, um, you know, he played a lot. But, you know, Corpus Christi still kind of just hung around and they out-rebounded them in the second half and they were forced for eight from three-point range in the second half. They they were respectable. For a 16 seed, that was a respectable game that they played. Uh, you probably also saw, got to see Maryland. What what problems would Maryland produce or will produce for so I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I actually did not have a chance to get out to the court yesterday. I wanted to, but uh, the Tony Mitchell news broke um, uh-huh. right before during the West Virginia-Maryland game. So I never really went out there to, to watch them play and trying to catch up a little bit today because we were about to talk to you know Maryland players and coaches right, right after this. But, um, you know, I, obviously a different team than what it was two years ago with Mark Turgeon being gone and um, Kevin Willard coming in and me being a guy who follows Providence. I, I followed the Big East. I followed Kevin Willard at Seton Hall. His teams definitely play hard. It's kind of a hard-nosed coach. And, um, yeah, I, specifically to the personnel, that I, it's hard for me to say what exactly what will uh, affect them quite yet, but I'm trying to catch, catch up to speed on that one. So can you catch us up to speed on the other story that you were working on? What's the latest? Tony Mitchell. Tony Mitchell. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I – that's another one where, man, if I had some time, I need to try to um, talk to his attorneys and see their side of it. But it definitely it doesn't look good. Um, and this is different. You think last summer you had Eli Ricks get arrested for marijuana, you might remember, in Mississippi, where he got pulled over. That was one joint. And that charge got dropped. And you know, I think there's rightful, um, you know, why exactly why he got arrested in that case in Mississippi. You know, there's probably questions that are legitimate there. This is different. This is a large amount of marijuana. If you saw the picture, pretty big, you know, shopping bag. There was scales. There was a loaded gun without a permit that his passenger had. There were stacks of cash, and they're being charged with intent to distribute, which is certainly a more serious situation. Just you know, a possession charge. So, um, I don't think the two situations will be handled the same way. Obviously, nothing really happened with Eli Ricks as far as Alabama. I would not be surprised if Tony Mitchell gets indefinitely suspended um it's something like that well i'm not gonna there's he reached out for a statement it's it hasn't come yet i don't think it will come probably until um Saban does his press conference monday night after the first practice but it's you know from a legal standpoint for him it certainly seems like he's in some jeopardy and then um you know obviously from alabama standpoint i think it's something that they're going to take uh I don't want to say not lightly. I, I don't think they put Eli Ricks' situation lightly, but I think it's a different situation than that. Did you have, a, and you may have been working on either the Miller show or your post game or whatever, uh, did you have a chance to see much of Auburn? What did you think? Uh, I unfortunately didn't see them as well. Yeah, I was writing post game, but they're limited. I mean, just from watching them, the two games they played Alabama this year and a little bit of other times, like they're, you know, they're not what they were last year with Jabari and. They don't shoot the ball well unless Wendell Green gets hot like he did against Alabama for a little while. 
I don't know. I mean, Houston's beat up with the Sasser injury and has had another player go down. Like, it's possible maybe in front of your home crowd they can pull that off. But to me, the biggest question tomorrow is going to be how the crowd is for both games. Are there Alabama fans cheering against Auburn? Are there Auburn fans cheering against Alabama? It's one session. It's one ticket. They're all going to be in there. So that's that's the biggest question to me. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but I, I think um, Alabama fans are pulling for Auburn. They want Houston out of there. Kumbaya. Now, I don't know about Auburn feeling uh, about cheering for Alabama. That's probably not going to happen as much. I don't know. I'll tell you who will, and that's Mike Rodak, and we'll talk about it next week with him. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. You got it, guys. Thank you. Great stuff, as always, from Mike. Yeah. Love having him on. Mike Rodak from AL.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to go cruising again. The Smokey Robinson way. No, no, no. The actual way. On Big Men's Board. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, everybody. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirit destination. That song on a cruise line, baby, why have you circled other? You're not breaking up while this is playing. Let's just put it that way. Nobody wants the song ends, man. <laughs> or when you get back, Lance. Um, because Christian went on one and enjoyed it. We was talking about it earlier. We were talking about the cruises, the Crimson Tide cruises. And Ellis wanted to add or had a question for Big Noon Sports. Hey, Ellis, how you doing today? Uh, I went on a Crimson Tide cruise. Oh, did you? What year? Yeah. Uh, it was year to Calvin Ridley and Jonathan Allen, and most of the 92 national championship team was on there. Yeah, that was the 2019 one, I think. I think that's the one I was on. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, wow, you're very memorable, Christian. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome, needless to say. First time I've ever been anywhere like that. Did you see Christian Miller dance? No, I didn't. <laughs> So what I know one thing though, when they got up and when they got in the open water, the casino opened up, and that's where everybody went. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of pictures. I was just on the website for the Crimson Tide cruise. There's pictures of guys gambling with fans in there. So yeah, that that was where all the fun was at. Obviously, you know, I didn't have much success, but man, like everybody was in there having a great time. So what was your, what was your what was your favorite part of the cruise? Uh, just getting to see all of the players, um, and every one of them was just nice as can be. You know, you you know, you walk up to them and say hey to them. You know, you know, I wouldn't bother them. You know, like if they're with their family or something like that. But like you know, that uh, cornhole tournament. You know, they had that. Uh, just just amazing time. 
Yeah, I got a picture of the cornhole right here. <laughs> yeah, I went riding uh, in a Jeep with somebody, him and his wife, and uh, we went until the, uh, until the electricity just stopped. Oh, wow. The lines just stopped. There went no more. Whoa. You were yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah, way out there. True, <laughs> truthfully. But uh, it was pretty amazing, like I said, getting to see uh, all of the players and doing something that I ain't ever done before. You know, everybody says you get sick. You, I didn't feel that shit move. Yeah, that's Christian was just telling me that during break. That, yeah, uh, it's it, almost like a. Like I'm a, prone to seasick. Well, I, I had the little the band on that presses on the acupressure. Uh, oh, it's pressure, like a yeah, a, a, it's a like magnet. an acupressure thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it presses in certain certain areas. Then there's yeah. a thing you can put behind your ear. But I mean, I also go deep sea fishing, so I was kind of used to. It, but it was it wasn't even anything like that. It really just felt like you were just. On a condo, I mean, or in the mall, because again, this thing is like several stories. There's stores you can go, you know, buy whatever in. I mean, it, it looks like a mall at one area, then there's a casino area, then on the back, um, there's putt putt, basketball courts. I mean, there's literally or anything you can think of. The Where'd pools, you guys leave out? Uh, New Orleans, and all, the, and all the food that you can eat. That's so exactly what I told them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you want to lose weight, you're going to the wrong place. That's right. Yeah, we'll but see. if you want to lose your date, you're going to the right place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that. But, yeah, but the food is great. I mean, and it, there was just, I was telling Lars, like, anything you can think of, different, you know, all types of varieties of food, free ice cream anytime you want. Like, there's ice cream machines. Is vending, so oh, you just, I got a weakness for ice cream. Oh, man. Two or four o'clock in the morning if you wanted ice cream or That's Right. Yeah, Ellis knows. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, go get it whenever you want. That's right. Ellis, if you don't mind, how much was it for a fan to go? Uh, I uh, I had a friend that won the uh, the uh, cruise pack off the mm. 100.9 the game. Oh, it was Ryan cool. the show. He won the Crimson uh, Tide Cruise. Uh, so. so you, you <laughs> went on Tide's Dime. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it did cost me or him nothing. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's the best kind of trip better. to take. Yeah. yeah. Did you go anywhere fun when you were in Cozumel or or, or Yucatan? Did you did you do any cool excursions? I think you mentioned the jeep. You went and rode on the jeep. Uh, went to a place. Went to one place. It was way out. Uh, it was like uh, underwater, like caves. Oh, the caves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you can see the bats are hanging from the the ceiling and all that, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't trust the caves. I didn't go to a cave. I did. I ran a jeep. It was the craziest thing. These guys were just sitting on the street, and I was like, "How much? Quanta cuesta?" Like I was, and uh, just got a jeep. Just gave. Him, I can't remember what it was. Just handed him some cash. He just gave me the keys to a jeep. You didn't have to like, go through budget rental car and, and, and sign and your life away. No, no. no, I mean he, he he looked at my license and I was good to go. I actually I had to leave my license. And I was a little skeptical about that, but other than that, yeah. And I was like, wait, don't I need this to drive? He's like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. Uh, and luckily, luckily I grew up driving like manual, so like I did. It was a manual jeep. I'm just driving this manual jeep around the island, just going wherever. It was so cool. And I was like. 19, I went, to, went, went to Mexico. Yep, snorkeling. And I did go snorkeling. And just, uh, just on, on, a, on a beach in Mexico, um, my brother and I asked uh, this guy, he had scuba gear, and he was just like, yeah, give me this much money. 
no lesson, no nothing. <laughs> we went scuba diving. <laughs> Took us you, out like to, yeah. We only went like about twenty five feet down. So in case but you had never put the, the mask and the, the oxygen nothing, on? nothing. There's no regulation. It's dangerous. <laughs> but I only went like twenty five feet. Wait, so you wait so scuba diving or snorkeling? Because scuba diving. Oh wow. Yeah, now, snorkeling. But 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 if something would have gone wrong right. at twenty five feet, you're not going to get the bends if you shoot up. Okay. Right. Yeah, well, but you can use the breathing apparatus wrong and just suddenly suck in a fish and a bunch of ocean water. That's why I'm, I'm impressed that you could do that. I went with, he had uh, two little old containers of uh, moonshine. <laughs> of course. And he had a set of Liberty overhauls on. And uh, he's just an old country boy. And he had them stuffed in his socks all the way down there around his ankles and had them taped on there so they wouldn't fall out. <laughs> they went all the way down just about where they're about to touch his ankles and then said, okay, you're free to go. Wow. So you went on this cruise with Junior Sample. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know who Junior no. Sample is? Oh, he's the guy on the Yeah. Good. Thank you, Alice. He was a hee-haw guy that wore overalls all the time. And so you snuck moonshine onto, onto, a onto cruise. the cruise. Yeah, he did, not me. <laughs> did you did you sample the moonshine on the cruise? Oh, yeah, I sampled it. Was it flavored? Uh, no, it was straight. Oh, oh, God. Oh, the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, the real stuff. <laughs> Man, you gotta uh, stay away from open flames with uh, that stuff. Yeah, Dill Junior had some of that in his trailer one, in his hauler once, and he gave me some, and I just it just destroyed me. You can take about an ounce of it, and about fifteen twenty minutes later, you're <laughs> looking for a place to sit down. Yes. <laughs> I remember my, just to sip, just to sip is all I wanted. That, and uh, that's probably all you need. You feel it all the way to your toes. Yeah. I mean, what is the proof on that? Like 195? Yeah, it's like 180, something like that. I mean, it's as close yeah. to absolute 200%, 200 proof, 100%. As you and know. I live in Tennessee, so I can get, I can get uh, all I want if I wanted it. All I have to do is call some person and they'd uh, bring it to me. You know, the best place <laughs> to sample moonshine, you know this, Lars. You know what I'm going to say? I don't know, the Nick. Talladega. Oh, Talladega, yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. You go back out on the free parking. and they, Now, a lot of this stuff, and some of it is store-bought, you know, because now they make moonshine to sell in liquor stores. But a lot of it's flavored. Yeah, like it's apple not the, it's pie. Not real that's why that's asked, not. Yeah. yeah. Now that stuff's good to sip on and drink. You can have more than one. But like what Ellis is talking about, that mess you up. Yeah. Well, I've tried some homemade uh, flavored ones. Huh? Yeah. Right. Now they can do that too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How'd that, how that work out for you? The taste is actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> what, I was flavored with like berries or something. Uh, it was some type of like apple or something. Uh, they, but I think they, it had like a like a cinnamon stick sitting in there or uh, something. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. You put you put like cherries in a bottle of moonshine and then take and eat the cherries. You don't take too many cherries. Uh, Let me tell you, they serve those things at certain places in New Orleans, and they're called cherry bombs. And the place right across from Pat O'Brien's serves them. And they, I asked the bartender, they drop all these maraschino cherries 
into a vat of pure grain alcohol and soak them for three days. Mm. Yeah. And you do one, they taste, still taste good. You pop one, you go, okay, God, that's great. And then you do two or three more. And next thing you know, you don't know where Pat O'Brien's is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. potent. And well, in, in, when I was in school, in college, we would make a WAP. Do you know what a WAP is? I don't know, but it sounds it's, like you're about to get us in trouble. Yeah, well, it's you, you dump a bunch of Everclear, which is 190 proof, yeah. into a big jar, and then you just put a ton of fruit in it, and you let it sit for three, four, five days, and then you uh, drink it, and you can't even taste the alcohol. I mean, it is frightening. Yeah, I'd imagine. So, uh, you, you know what WAP means nowadays, right? I don't. Oh, it's just a, it's a slang. It's, uh, it's a racist term. No, no, no. There's another one. Oh, there's another one? When we get up. back, no, when we get back, well, I don't want to share it on here. I can only imagine. Man, I, 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 I apologize if I misspoke. I no, no, no. It's, no, it's, it's, it's chant. It's an acronym for a song, but it, what it stands for is actually kind of funny. It's uh, yeah, I'm not going to share it on, on on air. We'll but. see what we do on this. Hey, Ellis, we'll see you on the cruise. <laughs> Thanks, Ellis. Thanks, Thanks, Ellis. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you for every talk. All right. What a good guest. And boy, that's, did, the, that's the longest call we've ever taken. Did he, did he spawn a lot of different talks? <laughs> did he not? <laughs> He's a topic maker. Uh, all right, we'll wrap this show up on the other side of the break. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hi, I'm Ide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain continues this afternoon, turning colder with temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, mostly cloudy, sharply colder, below at 33. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy, and very cool, behind the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I, this is the actual music from that song <laughs> that Christian was talking about. I'm not even going to say the acronym anymore. I'm officially uh, horrified. Uh, I'm not. All students will know what it. I'm so sorry, guys, to introduce you to today's society. That's unfortunately what. That's unfortunately what people listen to now. That, that's, um, you know, and, and you know, that's an individual decision. That's fine, but you know, I, I think when it's all said and done, we just blame Alice. Move along. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although I'm pretty sure Ellis is with me. He's never heard that song Absolutely or the not. meaning. Although <laughs> I've kind of heard the beat, so I think it's probably been on a background somewhere where I've been. Definitely. Um, so, anyway. And you said it was kind of an anthem for a while. Man, it did seem like it. It was like the hot girl anthem, man. They they loved it. Oh, well, yeah. I guess I see why. And I guess <laughs> I don't see why. Um, I just, we'll finish things up with uh, a couple of topics here I thought I'd drop on y'all, mainly because um, it's in our wheelhouse as far as broadcasters are concerned. You've been watching Greg Gumble, right? With Barkley and mm-hmm. Clark Kellogg. They do a great job. By the way, I was watching Barkley yesterday. 
he just cracks me up. He's so funny and so quick and so honest. And he was talking about all the grief he'd gotten with picking Alabama. And he says, you guys don't know how much that hurt me to do. And he was being serious. But anyway, Greg Gumbel has announced that he is going to step away from the microphone as far as the NFL broadcasts are on CBS. But not going all the way out. He's going to stay with the NCAA stuff. I think I would do that, too, because uh, and no, nothing against the NFL guys, but this tournament is something special. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I will say back to Barkley real quick, man. I'm sorry, I, I respect that because he he's one of the few people that will go on air and he just says, you know, exactly how it is. He's not afraid to step on toes. He's just honest. He's one of the few people that I feel like will actually just go out there and just speak his mind and be honest. And he's not afraid to go against the grain, no. especially you know a lot of his opinions, you know, are, are not necessarily they don't line up necessarily with mainstream media. And he doesn't care. No, he doesn't. I love that. Even though he's an Auburn guy, I got so much oh. respect for him on that. I mean, just to pick Alabama. Even you know that. what? He said everything aside, I'm going to pick the best team. He thinks Alabama's the best team, so so go for it. He spoke yeah. to Alabama's uh, team, actually. Did I, did I tell you all that? Mm-mm. He came and spoke to the team. What when was, you were there. What was his message? I, mean, I don't remember, but it was, you know, one of the, you know, the, like, fall camp uh, speakers, you know, bringing speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came and spoke to Alabama. Um, I'm sure that probably felt awkward for him, but you know what? With Charles, you never know. I'm not sure anything makes him feel awkward. I think money will, you know, influence you. To, you know, if, if if Auburn said, "Hey, Christian, we'll pay you, <laughs> we'll pay you thirty grand to come yeah. speak to the oh. team," oh. I'll put on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, well, "Your love for the almighty dollar is greater than your love for crimson." Wait, no, I love. No, crimson. Oh, come come on, you. no. Come on, you wouldn't put on an Auburn jacket oh, for thirty thousand. <laughs> I played an Auburn golf tournament. What a damn shirt! I didn't care. That's right. Uh, you know, I'll say War Eagle. It doesn't bother me. Jay Barker will not say War Eagle. Doesn't matter the call. Uh uh-uh. Wow. Now, Jay's pretty motivated by money. I was money. about to say, he's a if financial you stack, guy. If you stack some bills in front of him, he might do it. Uh, I think he'll do it. Uh, no, money can change the complexion of a, a lot of situations. Lars, um, how much would it take for you to diss Nebraska? Somebody gave you... 30k right oh, now. Yeah, you wouldn't have to struggle easy. to do that's, it. That's, uh, that's, that's low-hanging right there. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe Matt Rule is going to turn it around, though. You oh. think so? I hope so. I don't probably have yeah, great, our, I don't have the, the greatest relationship with him, but I hope he I hope he turns it around. College football. Okay. Oh wait, this is worth exploring. College here. football needs this. It's not worth it. Just say that. Go ahead. You, you and uh, Coach Rule didn't uh, see eye to eye. No, it's not. It's not necessarily that. I just and, and you probably could ask a handful of guys that played for him professionally. I don't. I don't know how you know in yeah. college, but just the way he kind of did things number one he he tried to bring college to the nfl that's never going to work and everybody knew that you know i mean he even brought his own chef like the nutritionist lady like the like the cooks like he tried to bring baylor to carolina Mm. just wasn't happening but no it's there's just some 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 kind of shady things he he was not the most uh hate to say is he just was he was not a little shady. Fuzzy guy, just a, he was a little shady. I mean, he he was, he was not he, my first pick uh, to be head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That's for sure. Yeah, but maybe maybe the uh, 
from Baylor to the NFL and now back will make him an even better college coach. I, mean, I don't think anybody Saban, could doubt he's, I mean, he's following the path of Nick Saban. Oh. Uh, Although he hadn't won a national championship well, Sa- in college. Saban's big mistake. Well, I played for both. He was nothing. He was not close. Not close, no. Saban might no, but still be in a Miami. lot of guys who are great college coaches that just don't pan oh, out. Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Yeah, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz went to the Jets and was 3-11, and 11 and they fired him in, in the season. What, what, is it easy to sum up why... These different college coaches didn't make it at the NFL level. I, I I I can only speak on him just because I played for him, and it was exactly what I was saying initially yeah. is that he tried to bring his college, not just his system. In, in terms, of, I'm not I'm not speaking specifically on schemes and you know on field stuff. Just the way he approached it. You got to remember in the NFL, you're you're coaching grown men. Right, like yeah, you have some you know younger guys on the team, right? But but you can't you can't you can't speak to thirty year olds with kids the same way you speak to eighteen year old college you know athletes. You can't run it like you're not going to be respected, right? And 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 ultimately another thing where he messed up was he tried to get rid of those vets because they butted heads because again they, they just weren't on the same page and tried to bring in young guys that he felt would buy into his process. Listen, in the NFL, if you want to win, you know how you do that? Talent. It's a fact. Why do you? Why did the Rams go win a Super Bowl after they brought in all those free agents? Because they had the talent. They had better yeah. players. I don't care if you get guys to buy into your system in the NFL. You ultimately have to have talent. The, the guys with the most talent are going to win. It, that's how the NFL works. And, and unfortunately, I, I think that's where he kind of messed up. This is definitely a conversation worth continuing. Um, I'm fascinated by it. Fascinated. I wanted to ask you something, though, as we roll out for our, uh, was it Friday already? Ah, um, who else off the top of your head has been one of the speakers at Save and Bring there, other than Barkley? Uh, I want to say David Goggins might have spoke to us, I think. If I'm not mistaken. It's Kobe. I heard Kobe. Kobe, did, Kobe, long, long Kobe did. I asked him a question, actually. What'd you ask him? Uh, about leadership. You know, how do you, how do you get guys to buy into your leadership? And we're running low on time, unfortunately, but we can carry this on Monday. Yeah, let's go Monday. Hey, y'all have a great, yeah, absolutely. Have a great weekend, everyone.